Welcome back to another episode of Unknown Serial Killer. I'm your host, Asia, and today we have another special episode that I hope you are excited for. Today's special episode is about killer couples. Once again, viewer's discretion is advised because we will be talking about violence, murder, and drugs. Let's get started and talk about Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. Alton Coleman was born on November 6, 1955 in Illinois. Coleman's mother worked three jobs and lived with his 73-year-old grandmother. A middle school dropout, he was well known to Illinois law enforcement, having been charged with sex crimes six times between 1973 and 1983. Two of those cases were dismissed with Coleman pleading guilty to lesser charges in two and twice being acquitted. Coleman was diagnosed with mispersonality disorder with antisocial, narcissistic, and obsessive features with additional diagnosis including epileptic spasms, psychosis, and borderline personality disorder. Deborah Denise Brown was born November 1st, 1962. She was one of 11 children and was borderline intellectually disabled, suffered from head trauma as a child, and was also diagnosed with dependent personality disorder. Coleman and Brown committed their first murder when they killed nine-year-old Benita Wheat from Kenosha, Wisconsin. After Coleman had befriended her mother, Juanita Wheat, he abducted Vernita and took her to Waukegan on May 21, 1984. Vernita's badly decomposed body was discovered on July 9th in an abandoned building four blocks from his grandmother's apartment. It was determined that she had been raped and the cause of death was ligature strangulation. In 1984, Coleman and Brown were in Gary, Indiana and encountered two young girls, nine-year-old Annie and her niece, seven-year-old Tamika Turks. The couple sexually assaulted the two children. Annie survived the violent attack, but Tamika did not. Her partially decomposed body was discovered on June 19th. The same day, Donna Williams, a 25-year-old woman from Gary, disappeared. On July 11th, Williams' decomposed body was discovered in Detroit, Michigan, about half a mile from where her car was found. She had been raped and killed by ligature strangulation. On July 28th, Coleman and Brown entered the home of Mr. and Mrs. Palmer Jones of Dearborn, Michigan, whom they beat severely. Coleman ripped the telephone from their wall before stealing money in their car. On July 5th, Coleman and Brown arrived in Toledo, Ohio, where Coleman befriended Virginia Temple, the mother of several children. When Temple stopped communicating with her relatives, authorities entered her home and found their young children alone and frightened. Temple and her, her oldest child, nine-year-old Rachel, had been strangled to death and left in a crawl space. On the same morning as the Temple murder, Coleman and Brown entered the home of Frank and Dorothy in Toledo, who were bound with electrical cords, which had been cut out. The couple stole the Duvedak's money and car, and Mrs. Duvedak's stolen watch was later found under another victim. On July 12th, Tony's story, a 15-year-old girl, 
who lived in Cincinnati over the Rhine neighborhood, disappeared. Her body was discovered eight days later. A bracelet that had been stolen from the temples was found under Story's body. On the same day, the FBI added Coleman to its 10 most wanted list as a special edition as the 11th most wanted. Now, I know that's a lot to take in, and that was a lot for me to hold back from when I read about the three kids that they killed. You have to be very heartless to want to rape and strangle some kids just because you feel like it or because you get some pleasure out of it. And if you do, then you must be one sick person to actually get pleasure out of that because who would want to kill kids, let alone somebody else's kids? It's not okay. <sighs> Let's continue, guys. Coleman and Brown bicycled into a Norwood on July 13th at about 9.30. Less than three hours later, they drove away in a car belonging to Harris Walter, who they left unconscious, and his wife, Marlene, who was raped and beaten to death. Walter survived and later testified that they had met the couple to discuss the potential purchase of a camper, but Coleman attacked him with a wooden candlestick. The coroner indicated Marlene had been bludgeoned apparently 20 to 25 times during her violent assault. The Walters' car, as well as money, jewelry, and shoes were stolen. Two days later, the Walters' car was found abandoned in Kentucky, where Coleman and Brown had kidnapped a college professor from Williamsburg and drove back to Ohio with the professor locked in the trunk of the car. On July 17, they abandoned the stolen vehicle in Dayton, and Carmichael, who was still locked in the trunk, was rescued by authorities. A week after their arrest, more than 50 law enforcement officials from six jurisdictions met to plan the strategy for prosecuting Coleman and Brown. The state of Ohio convicted Coleman and Brown, finding them guilty of the rape and murder of Tony Story in Cincinnati and Merlene Walters in Norwood, but not for the murders of Virginia and Rachel Temple in Toledo. Coleman and Brown were both sentenced to death. In addition to the death sentence, Coleman and Brown were sentenced to 20 years in prison for transporting the kidnapping victim across a state line. On April 26, reciting Palms 23, Alton Coleman was executed by lethal injection in the death chamber at the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. At the time of his execution, he was the only person in the United States to have death sentences in three states. Brown, who was originally sentenced to be executed in Ohio for her participation in the crimes, had her death sentence commuted to life imprisonment by Governor Richard Celeste in 1991. During the sentencing phase of her first Ohio trial, she sent a note to the judge which read, and quote, I killed the bitch and I don't give a damn. I had fun out of it. She was also given a death sentence for the murder of Tamika Turks in Indiana, but the sentence was commuted to 140 years imprisonment in 2018. Well, guys, I know that was a lot to take in. And honestly, this is like the worst case I've ever read about or done a recording on. And I know you guys will probably feel the same, but I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did telling it. 
tune in next week for another episode and remember be nice to people you never know who they killed